on cooter. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And I'm yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. So how was your week, Maddie? Dude, it was it was really good. Uh, it was obviously like that first week of work, uh, which is like it's a little daunting. It was also kind of funny. It was my birthday, if you didn't know, last Thursday. That's right, too. I said happy birthday. If I and didn't know, that's correct. That's correct. Well, I was letting the listeners know it was my birthday. No big deal. Um, right, right, right. But I'm also like pretty quiet about my birthday, mainly because like I don't know, just growing up in my household. My parents weren't those like crazy parents who were like birthday month, you know. I can't. Oh, sorry. If you're one of my <laughs> friends and you're one of those people, listen. It's not that we can't be friends. It's like our friendship maybe went down a notch. If you're one of those people, all right. Yeah. But. <clears throat> oh, you gotta hate on birthdays, man. Well, it's not that I'm hating on birthdays. It's more like let's just be grown ups about it. Oh, so you have to have a birthday your way to be a grown-up? No, it's more just the fact that it's like the world does not revolve around you regardless of what day of the year it is. I don't care if it's your birthday or what. Oh, Everyone has a birthday, it. man. Let's not make it sound like it's this miraculous thing. You've already had so many birthdays. It's like, <laughs> let's just let's just move forward, you know? So celebrated my 30th birthday. Um, and it was kind of funny because I didn't say anything to anyone in my office that it was my birthday. But this one lady in my office, she walks by and says, Matt, happy birthday, by the way. And it caught me off guard because I was like, what? Like, how do you know? And she's <laughs> like, oh, it's... the one who filed your paperwork. <laughs> no, she goes, oh, it's in the calendar. And I was like, what? I don't even have access to the calendar. And I was like, what? <laughs> what calendar are you guys talking about? So needless to say, everyone at work now knew it was my birthday. And uh, yeah, so... Anyways, went up and visited some uh, mutual friends of ours up in Three Hills over the weekend. Some old friends. Yeah, hung out, played some games, relaxed, caught up. Oh, it was nice. It was nice, Tarek. It was nice. I'll be honest. The uh, pictures look pretty good. You know, I was a little bit jealous. Looked like a good time. Um, but, you know, glad you had a good birthday. Um, it's funny you mentioned the birthday month thing because I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. I think it's all, I'm all oh, about. Oh no! Is your wife a birthday month person? No, no, no. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Um, no, I mean it's nice though because um, it depends on the person. But Jenna, my wife, Brittany, my wife likes events more than I do, like birthdays and stuff. But that means that when it's also my birthday, she's going well, she all, out all out for my birthday too, right? It's not like she just expects someone to do something nice for her. She's like, okay, well, I'm doing something nice for them. Which is nice. I think um, I'm all down for the birthday month because I'm all down for any excuse to get together and do fun stuff as long as it's yeah. not my job to keep you happy for that time period. Right. right. Yeah, I like to be just yeah. a spectator in those moments. Yeah. Be like, yeah, man, if it's your birthday month and you're going to say, hey, we're doing this and we're doing this and I can participate, I'm down. Let's do it. Ah, that's a good point. You know what? That's that's very fair. I think where I struggle is where people like uses an, use it as an excuse to almost become narcissistic. Yeah, and like think that the world revolves around them. Yeah, that that's yeah, where like it kind of irks me. And someone else has got a planet, and I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's just, just like just kills me. Yeah, it just killer. kills me. But well, happy birthday, hey, Maddie. Hope you had a good one. Thanks, the big three zero. Feeling yeah. old? You know what? I did have a lot of reflection in the last uh, the last three months 
It's part of the reason why I changed jobs, but you know, there you go. It's more just the fact that like I just don't want to waste time while I have it. Not to get too sentimental, in, folks. But those guys in Williams Lakes were all about celebrating birthdays, so Maddie had to get out of there. <laughs> you know what? They suck. were. That's kind of the thing. <laughs> it's the one thing I do kind of miss is like the office that I worked at before. Um, we used to celebrate Evan's birthday with like kind of dessert in the afternoon or in the morning sort of thing. It was always a great time. So, I mean, I can't say it was all bad or anything like that because it definitely wasn't. Um, this opportunity just outweighed it. But, you know, Tarek, I think we can't gloss over the fact that I do remember when your birthday passed, you had quite the birthday present. Did I? Guys, if you didn't know, someone bought Tarek a boat. Oh. <laughs> did I? Yeah. Plays it like he didn't get a boat for his birthday. I feel like our our listeners are really being misled right now at the significance. <laughs> Derek, just play it up. It's basically a yacht. It's basically it's a red. yacht. It's red for squirrels. For squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> See, you gotta just tell everyone when they're like, "Oh, what'd you get for your birthday?" Oh, I got a boat. I got a boat. You know, My in-laws boat. got me a boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what it is about having a boat. It's just like. Because most of the time, I'll be honest, most people I know who have a boat or who are like, yeah, I got a boat, are regular people. Yeah. But it's just something about a guy saying, yeah, my It's like, oh, man, this guy's a baller. (laughs) Even though I don't actually, I know tons of people with boats who are just regular people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dude, my parents have a boat. See? And I just assume, oh, Maddie's parents, they're ballers. Dude, (laughs) it's the thing I miss most about not living in BC right now. Is being able to go use the boat all all weekend. Oh really? Oh, man, that was party barge or proper speedboat. Proper speedboat, a speedboat, and speed bro, uh, all the speed bros. Bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I used to just take it out and bomb around, and you know, you got a boat license? Oh, buddy, I got it back in 2010. I worked at a camp one summer. Fun fact for you folks: that was one of the best jobs I ever had because they went. Matt, we need someone to be the boat captain. Would you be interested? It's got to be the stupidest question I've ever heard. Yeah, of course I'll be the boat captain. Did they get you a hat? Yeah, I did have a hat. So, needless to say, I was arguably the best boat captain out there. Better than the guy who captained the Titanic. That's all I'll say. Okay? (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. soon. It's like 100 years (laughs) deep. <laughs> okay, I have a better We're track record than that, that guy because oh, my boat stayed above water. <laughs> Anyways, you gotta that's the key in life set the bar low, and you'll always be satisfied. Yep, yep. How was your week? I like it. I feel like I'd be selfish if I just jumped right in. Yeah, that's okay. It's good. Um, pretty quiet week. Um, here's a question for you. Yeah, um, my niece is. Or visiting, or my whole family was here, but my niece, she's 14, and she got her nose pierced. What do you think? Ooh. My grandma, my mom, her grandma is like, you know, she's giving her a hard time about it. It's like, oh, my beautiful <laughs> granddaughter's face, why did you do this to my face, blah, 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 blah. And my niece is super excited, and then her cousins are like, oh, my gosh, I want my nose pierced now. <laughs> yeah, all I can Too say young? too young i don't know you know what it did i saw the video your wife posted on instagram yep and it inspired me that when i come down there next month you and i should go full tupac 
and get a nose piercing. Oh, wow. That's the only guy well, I can think of. Him and Lenny Kravitz, I think, are the only two public I don't know figures I know of that have nose piercings. I'm yeah. just kidding, T. I feel like our jobs don't allow for that sort of behavior. But, yeah. um, but gosh. You know, here's the thing. I'm not a parent. I'm also not a girl. So I yeah. don't know if there's social pressures to kind of have those sort of things in life. Yeah. I know my brother was a bit of a trailblazer amongst young men when we were kids because um, he got his tongue pierced when when it was a little taboo, but also he was probably the only guy I knew who had his tongue pierced for a while there before a lot of his other friends decided to do it as well. And I think he just did it because no one else was doing it. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, been, it was, I mean, you must have thought it looked good too, right? Oh yeah, like, I think it was cool. just common amongst women at the time. Um, but gosh, I mean, you know, it's always a tricky thing. My dad grew up very conservative, and has always been very anti piercings and and tattoos. Right. My brother went completely against the grain. Has both his ears pierced. His I don't know if his tongue is still pierced, but I, I'll never forget. For a while, because when they pierce your tongue, it swells up, right? Yep. And so then he had to be, like, really wise on how he talked around my dad, like, at dinner time and stuff, because he didn't want to sound, or he, he didn't want anyone to see it. So I'm pretty sure he got away oh, with it geez. quite he a while before anyone pierce his tongue it. and hide it? No, no, no. no. That's well, tough. He just didn't want my dad to know, but he also got a tattoo when he was 16, and... You know, he has multiple ta- tattoos now, and yeah, I think, gosh, I don't know, but there's, like, kids who get their ears pierced at, like, six months old. So what's the difference between getting your ears pierced and, like, your nose pierced? Yeah, that's true, and that's the thing. My niece did get her ears pierced when she was, like, a baby. Yeah, and so, so and it's not, no I don't think it's that. a big deal at all. It's, like, um, her mom, my sister, has their nose pierced, Brittany does, my wife. Yep. Uh, my sister-in-law Lisa does, and it's like so. These are all the adult women she sees all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's her, her. That's her circle of influence, right? So yeah, exactly. And so I mean, it's it was just funny though. It's my grandma. I think my mom likes to play it up and give her a hard time too. <laughs> I don't think she cares that much, but <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was just interesting. Oh man, but do you think there is an age where kids shouldn't be doing that? I don't or know. Do people really are weird. Still? I feel like let the if the parents are cool with it, as long as it's not hurting the kid. I know some people would, uh, you know, get mad lately. I feel like you know there's a bit of a this outrage culture about kids getting their ears pierced, like infants or like babies, and it's kind of like, eh, you know, people have been doing that for a long time. Let's maybe not worry about. I don't know. You know what I mean? As long yeah. as parents and kids are okay with it, go for it. Who cares? Well, and if kid who got their ears pierced at the age of like six months or a year or whatever didn't want them when they're like seven years old, they just take them out and it'll grow over. Yeah, it's same, fine. Same with your niece's nose, right? If after like a year she goes, ah, you know what? I really don't like this anymore. It'll grow over. It'll just grow over and it'll be like it never happened. Yep. It's power of yeah. skin. So I think uh, people make probably a bigger deal than it needs to be. I would just, um, my only concern with it is the aesthetics. I, I think, you know, you get bogged down and like whether you should, and it's like, well, what does it look any good, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. That's, re- that's a real question for me. The thing I always wondered about was in sports. Because you know how people usually have to like put tape true. over 
over a period. Like, did you not have to do that with your ears when you played basketball? I just, by the time, no, I, I think I got my ear pierced just at the right time, so I could just take it out. And it was good. For a game. Yeah, it was fine. Okay. It didn't get, you know, so like, I, I don't know how it works for a nose ring, to be honest, I think. I don't know, you just gotta avoid getting hit in the face, which most people generally do anyways. But, so I don't think you could take it out for that long, for a, for a while. You know? Right. But, so who you knows? You have to rock the, the tape over top of it. Yeah, exactly. And look like a exactly. chunk, kind of, on the court, you know? <laughs> Dude, I'll never totally. forget, in high school, there was a guy who was on the basketball team, his name was, uh, well, maybe we'll hold off on names, but he was really good, and he had those, like, just big diamond studs in his ears and he just would never take them out so he'd have these like huge globs of tape covering over top because why would you take them out and just put in something smaller wow no, he just had to rock just these massive massive studs and just this big chunk of tape over top of the bottom of his ears but uh yep anyways that's that cool man but well, what are we talking about today? What are we going through? T, we're talking, we got another fresh mixed bag here for, for, the, for the listeners, buddy. So, uh, let's start with tourism. So, I, if, for those that don't know, Drumheller is renowned for its tourism. Uh, lots of dinosaurs in the area. Um, yeah, so this this place is built lots off of... Lots of dinosaurs in here. Well, you know, they, uh, they uncover a lot of them here. We have this massive, you know, uh, I want to say it's like, museum. I mean, it's government funded because I'm pretty sure it's like a, a national museum uh, called the Royal Tyrell Museum. Yep. And uh, yeah, huge, huge exhibits for dinosaurs. If you've ever been or if you haven't, definitely come check it out. It's, I went when I was like five years old or six years old. I, I do remember parts of it. And then I came back when I was like 25, and it was so much better as an adult. I've been several yep. times. Um, it probably takes a good two to three hours as adults. So if you have kids and whatnot, and check it out. I mean, it probably takes a little longer because they're going to want to check out every little thing in there. Like, you could probably spend a full day there. Yeah, I believe it. I remember going there a couple times when I was a kid. I definitely haven't been there for a while. But yeah, it's a cool town. We kind of mentioned it last episode for those who were listening. But it's the, the Drum Heller has built a lot around this dinosaur museum in that they've got like dinosaur statues in town, street names for dinosaurs, and the reason is because there's a lot of fossils in the area. Yep, and and they just really own the whole dinosaur identity. Um, yeah, and so yep. I guess what it made me start to think about is tourism culture. And, you know, there are countries, you know, look at huge parts of Europe um, that are completely based off of tourism market. And I it, I was thinking of some sort of, you know, financial connection to all this because this is what we like to talk about is money. And it got me thinking about economics and tourism economics and wondering whether or not it's a smart idea to base your your, I don't want to say primary economic source, but definitely one of your major economic sources off of something that could be considered seasonal or how do you continue to, how do you think you should continually try to reinvent it almost so that people don't get bored of it? Because I think of places like my parents were just in Italy this spring. Yep. And, you know, they went and saw all the big structures, the Vatican, uh, the Colosseum, um, the Amalfi Coast, 
uh, you know, the Sistine Chapel, all that sort of stuff, right? Yep. And that stuff is just centuries old, and yet people never get sick of it. Yeah, why would you? Makes so sense. it's like, but what keeps that? What keeps that on wonder for people? I guess like, why would you continue to go back? Because you got to think, the amount of tourists they saw. It's not that they're getting fresh tourists every single day. Like yes, that's they true. Are, they've got some, but you have some to have people some people who are want repeating. Well, I think. I mean, I don't know. This is an interesting question because. Um, I think in that specific situation, you know, it's proven that this is art and this is truly something that humanity finds beautiful. And that's why we keep coming back to see it. Um, but that tourism, you know, I guess it's tough because I bet you a lot of places don't plan. I shouldn't say that. Some places probably do plan, but a lot of places just happen to have tourism be a, a big part of their economy. You know what I mean? So, you know, you look at Drum, though, Drum Haller. I feel like they might have planned that because they built the museum there. It's kind of in the middle right. of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, it really is. <laughs> and it's like they were like, well, let's make this a destination place. Um, but I think, you know, it depends on the type of tourism you're doing, right? Like you think, uh, like I'm from Turks and Caicos, and you think, you know, tourism is a big part of that economy and most warm weather locations like that. And that's very seasonal. Right, you'll have some people there in the in the summer months, but for the most part, you know, you're definitely um, waiting for the winter when it gets colder in northern locales. And so, I don't know. I think if the seasonality is predictable, it's it, it's it's a pretty viable way of doing things, you know. Right now, here's my other question: Why? Do you suppose it's possible to be both a wealthy country that is dependent on tourism? And not to say that countries like Turks and Caicos, maybe this is just ignorance, but Turks and Caicos, Jamaica, Mexico, um, you know, a lot of those Caribbean cultures uh, and countries that, that definitely rely on people getting cold and wanting something warm. Um, but a huge part, I think, of why people go down there, maybe not so much with Turks and Caicos, but definitely with places like Mexico and the Dominican Republic, is because of how cheap it is. Yeah. And we also know that their economies are not nearly as strong. Um, and so a lot of those resorts and whatnot are owned by, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's typically owned by, like, American investors uh, who who own a lot of that, that land and, and those resorts. And so it's like... Do you think that there's a way to have tourism as being like your main export, I guess, even though it's not really an export, mm -hmm. um, and also be incredibly wealthy from it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, I certainly know people in Turks who have gotten very wealthy because of tourism, through real estate development, through, um, you know, just leaning into that, you know, they, they sell... They make and sell things related to that industry, like big things, big ticket items, like the rum I buy from Turks is, right. you know, um, they're they're doing quite well. Or, um, like I said, a number of people who who do well in real estate development type stuff, and and actually have a, a hand in some of the resorts and stuff. I think it's possible. You know, you definitely, I don't know, if you can want to want to set up the structure of your country so that the locals do benefit. And, and all the wealth doesn't just get pulled out of the country and go to the people who invested from outside. 
Um, I think, you know, the thing is, it's kind of one of those things where, like I said, it's it's a little bit out of your hands because it's like, okay, people are willing to come here and spend all this money. And regardless, you know, if they don't do anything, some of that's going to trickle down to the people. Not on If it's not on purpose, it might not be a lot. And they, it kind of reminds me even like, like Alberta here. People always say like, well, Alberta, you guys should diversify from oil and gas. And it's like, yeah, we would love to and we try to. And we do. But it's like if someone's going to pay you you know, a million dollars for this thing, are you going to say no? Because I can get a hundred grand for that thing. You know what I mean? It's just like, obviously, you're going to do the thing that makes the money. It's just maybe trying to be, you know, thoughtful and intentional and plan around it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I, yeah. I think that's the thing, right? It, it, you know, and the other part, too, is the some of these countries may not always have the strongest you know government structure and whatnot yeah sometimes for sure that's the issue and especially if that money isn't staying local with you know say outside investors who are bringing it back to their own countries and it's really not doing the country itself any favors either but shifting gears uh let's continue to talk a little bit of economics here niche markets and can they survive now what i meant by this when i was explaining to you i i really had two in mind when i when i thought about this earlier in the day because believe it or not t outside this big giant office that this wonderful new firm gave me they are currently building a brewery i can see it Ooh. it is mm, like across the street away from me nice and close looking forward nice. to when it opens this fall and uh looking forward to, to going over there making it the old local watering hole after work you know I like it. Um, but it got me thinking about places like that. And also, because last week uh started this new place, there's a fresh little coffee shop down the street, about three three businesses down from us. So, of okay. course, went and hit that up as well. And it got me, you know, thinking a little bit about, about these markets, about, you know, especially coffee culture and craft, bre- craft beer. Um, they're obviously very popular amongst people our age. Yep. And have just continued to grow in popularity. But can they survive long term, do you think? I begin to wonder at what point does it get old to us? When when do we start to go, mm, this was fun at one point, but like all trends, they begin to <laughs> die and you know yeah. we we begin to shift gears when almost like things become less exciting and less new to us. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I really enjoy the craft beer culture, and we've talked about that before. Coffee's cool, too. I probably am not the biggest fanatic of it, but I enjoy a good cup of coffee. Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, I think you got to almost think like small scale, big scale. I think there's going to be room for the, the mom and pop coffee shop that's okay with just making an okay amount of money, probably not a ton of money. Do you know what I mean? I mean just because the overhead's a little bit lower, um, you know, but eventually, yeah, this craze will die down and maybe the profits will just get smaller and smaller. And if you feel like doing that, so be it. Um, and then with craft brewery, I think the tough thing is just the startup costs are so big, right? You've got to really commit to a lot of equipment. I think, you know, we'll see a lot of consolidation in that market when, when um, you know, we'll probably get to the point of where it's saturated right now. And then people will see all these breweries start to come together and try to, you know, merge and, and try to seek out some more profits that way. But I think, 
yeah, as soon as things start to get big, it's like, I don't know, businesses can get big enough to support like, you know, a, a decent wage or whatever. But it's like when you start to make more than normal profit, if you can call it that, then it's going to attract more firms and then they suck out all the profit and then it's just like it leaves you back where you, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know how long it'll take, but I really do think, you know, there's going to be room for some smaller ones, but not not where they're making tons of money. Right, right. Do you think do you think it gets to a point where the players who are already in the game of craft beer are kind of the ones who will stay afloat and do you think it'll get to a point where people who are trying to get into it um will just struggle to kind of tap that same market? ever you know i <laughs> tap I, that same mark. i i think of it only in the same way as like podcasts right podcasts yeah. became a very popular thing you have those guys who are at the very top um who have you know the significant downloads and whatnot but that's also because they've had the staying power of being around since the the mid 2000s yeah but i think you'll find it's interesting there's not probably a ton of really popular podcasters that were around in the beginning it's um because being the first doesn't always get you get you to the end right uh but i think that's 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 kind of what i was getting at is that you know with these industries with these businesses there's no like competitive advantage if is the term i'm trying to use without using the term but there's nothing specific or special about them that can't be duplicated and I don't mean that, I, I mean that very generally, right? Like, obviously, everything's kind of got this unique twist and turn, but it's kind of like, well, there's nothing proprietary. I can go out and make beer tomorrow if I had enough cash to do it. I can go out and open a coffee shop. I can go out and start a podcast, which yeah. means that tons of people can get into it, and then it makes it hard to make that extra profit. That's not to say that there's not profit there. It's just you're competing on different things. Yeah, no, that's on, fair. That's fair. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Now, if you guys are wondering, Tarek just dropped some Porter's Five Forces for you without mm -hmm. even realizing it. And oh, I, I mean, did it, realize it. I did, but it was like I tried not to because you got to avoid jargon whenever possible. But Well, you know, T, I think it's good to educate our fans too because, you know, if you guys actually really want to learn a little bit about economics and, and what helps drive new industries uh, to their current popularity and whatnot, you can check out things like Porter's Five Forces, which... Gives you a. I I personally think it's one of the best philosophies of business um, when you're trying to get into markets and kind of the viability of will this will this business survive and can you almost keep other people out of it for kind of the selfish purpose of wanting to kind of commandeer the entire market for yourself. Yeah, but, I mean it's really interesting actually. Just even working in small business market to watch it because I feel like here in Medicine Hat, like I said, very small. I see firms make abnormal profits that defy what they should make because another firm should come in and say, okay, well, I can do this for cheaper and better. But it's just in these small markets, there's some inefficiencies that, you know, and it's like, I think Porter's Five Forces really or the competitive advantage situation really applies when things get bigger and bigger cities. But it's like, you know what, in Medicine Hat, I know there's definitely people who make more money than they should because someone else should just come in and do it <laughs> right they just have a monopoly on the market without yeah and it's like with, nobody's nobody's yeah just because nobody else has decided to get into it themselves yeah and it's like in a small town that'll happen you know so right no right. yep that's fair all right well let's keep rolling we got uh topic number three here to get to you guys 
smartwatches. Okay, now this is one that I've actually been like. You ever had a smartwatch, dude? I've not. But here, well, I mean, I've had a fit. No, not even like a Fitbit. I did have a Fitbit, not like a smartwatch. But, but it was like in the second generation when they still weren't like full blown watches or what they are now. Like it wasn't giving me, right. you know, text and call notifications to it, and um, you know, it didn't have apps and whatnot outside of its its own app. Um, but I I wanted to talk about this, and maybe we're probably we could possibly be the two most uneducated people for the subject. Hmm. But are are smartwatches worth the hype? Because I've been contemplating, I've been going back and forth, back and forth on buying an Apple Watch. Yeah. And all I can think is, is it worth the money that I'm about to invest in this stupid thing? You know, and that's a good question. I got to be honest. I, you know, you might be right. We're not qualified because we don't even own smartwatches. That's exactly it. would be it. interesting. Like you should buy one after it. this and then we can find out. I know Caleb, a friend of the show, is, uh, you know, big fan of his Apple Watch. I kind of feel like it's a bit of a gimmick. I had a smartwatch for like a week and then I just didn't. I just didn't like it. I was like, man, none of this information is useful to me. This does not provide any convenience to my life. It's just another thing I have to charge and keep track of because it's not like a regular watch where you can just, uh, you know, take it off and put it on. You have to, like, take it off and charge it. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to be honest. I have a Fitbit, and I used it for, like, a little bit, too, and it was kind of like, man, why do I care how many steps I've taken today? <laughs> that does not mean anything to me. <laughs> You know the like, one that gets that? me is the aesthetics of it. You know, like a yeah. nice watch. It's got that silver chrome finish. You get the analog yeah, yeah. hands on it. It's got the numbers. Ugh. There's something about that. Just the finishing look of like a good analog watch. I'm with you. Is it's something just that just can't better. be beaten. And I just feel like, Oh, gosh, I mean, all the power to people who are rocking these smart watches. There's a lot of them and out using on the market. them and getting a lot of value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's where it's like shout out to a guy like Caleb because I feel like that guy doesn't make stupid choices. And so it's like if he's buying something and investing in something like that, it's because he wants to get milk the most out of it. Yep. And I just, but I'm I'm just struggling because you know what. When I put on any of my other watches, like I've got a, a silver one with kind of a rose gold trim. I've got a black and silver one. You know, like I just find they look so much better than what a smartwatch ever could look like on my wrist. Well, you know, and that's the thing. You're probably thinking just Apple Watch because you can get proper smartwatches from more luxury brands that kind of have that look. 100% agree. But then you're stuck with that color scheme, T. When I'm accessorizing with watches and, and necklaces and bracelets and glasses and hats and whatever else, it's got to match the rest of my outfit. Yeah, but then you buy a different watch. Yeah, but how many smart watches am I going to have? Well, I mean, how many watches are you going to have? Well, <laughs> you I just have like as many four. as you need. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though. You get four smart watches. <laughs> <laughs> well, smart watches are significantly more expensive, Tarek. Well, not depending on the, it depends on the watch you're getting. Because yeah, I, um, I mean, I don't know. You could probably get them with changeable bands or something like that. That's the thing, though. I, I always did think the Apple Watch, as much as it's probably got the most functionality, yeah, it's not the best looking by far. I mean, a square watch is a hard sell as it is um, for a classy watch, and yeah. it's hard to really, really dress up. Um, I would definitely prefer a circular face, but you know, 
I don't know. I'm sure there's people who just like just love the fact they don't have to pull their phone out of their pocket. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and and fans, if you guys are annoyed with how Maddie and I are not appreciating smartwatches, you just let us know. See, here's the thing. I um, do appreciate them. I just can't bring yeah. myself to spend like 600 bucks on a watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyways, I mean, I didn't really know how far we could get into this. I was, I think I was just trying to justify talking about this only because I've been contemplating it for like the last four or five months. Yeah. And at one point at my last job, we, well, we didn't get our like typical tax season bonus right away, which was weird to me. But then the two bosses took us for a road trip down to Kamloops and gave everyone $500 in an envelope. Wow, that sounds pretty, like, pretty they, shady. They were just like, go and spend it on whatever you want. Like, just enjoy it sort of thing. And I was like, man, I've just never had that kind of, like, I've had $500 in cash before. But, like, I've also typically had responsibilities that that cash already, like, in a sense, belonged to. And this cash was unencumbered. You could have done anything you wanted That's with it. That's exactly, I could have went and bought my stupid Apple Watch and not felt one ounce of guilt. And I just didn't. And then... It slowly you blow up, it on. It ended up back in my bank account. Oh, now it's geez. just sitting in my savings, and then now it's oh, far more difficult lame. to justify. Is it really any different money. though if it's in your savings now or it's in your hand? It and... is because I have goals with that savings account, and I just can't bring myself to just like go and spend it frivolously. <laughs> Kills That's me. Funny. Kills me. That's just, there's your problem there. You got to have some fun sometimes. Oh, I know. It's hard. It's so hard for me to do. I have to be so in the moment and just pull the trigger. Like, I'm such an impulse shopper. Like, if I see a pair of shoes I want or... You need more bad influences in your life, probably, it uh, sounds like. It's very true. It's very true. I need people who know how to help me spend my money a little better. (laughs) There you go. You got to come to Medicine Hat. I'll find a way. (laughs) That's a good point. I'll be there next month. We'll we'll find some ways to blow some cash, you know? I like it. I like it. Cool, man. Ugh. Anyways. What else you got for us, buddy? Dude, I got one last one for us. Okay, let's do it. And however you want to skin this cat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know? Um, I guess the question comes down to will retro slash throwback slash reboot culture ever die? No chance, man. Everybody's nostalgic. Every generation. The reason I bring it up is because I just saw an article where they were talking about how the Pokemon franchise and another technology company are merging together to try and develop more Pokemon-based mobile games. Yeah. Now, if you've been living that, under I don't a rock... Know. I don't know. Maybe Pokemon's big enough, but I, that seems stupid to me. <laughs> well, it got me thinking about a few things. It got me thinking about... Do you remember when like Power Rangers Pokemon Go. had a movie oh, okay, come sorry. out? Yeah. And it was all of I a love sudden Power Rangers. all the rage, right? Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World, that's taken on a whole life of its own. Yeah. And it started to make me think, you and I, being guys who grew up more in the, the 90s, and, you know, I was thinking about even, um, what's it called? All these Disney remakes, the live action. Lion King came out this last weekend. Killed it, yeah. Aladdin, a couple weeks ago. Exactly, right? As a guy who grew up with the cartoon versions of those, 
Do you get fired up and excited to share those experiences with your nieces and nephews? Do you get pumped up to take them to see a new Jurassic World movie or introduce them to Power Rangers or Pokemon or whatever it might be? Like, I guess the reason I ask that is simply because... Like, is there ever an end to this? Will will our generation ever get sick of these, these remakes? Things? I don't think so, man. I mean, I do get pumped. I love it. Um, you know, ultimately, who knows? I kind of feel like it's like people just run out of ideas and they're like, well, we can. We know that these, this has got some brand power. We know that this will get in front of some eyes at least because... Tarek and Maddie's generation really likes Jurassic Park because they watched it when they were kids. They really like Aladdin. They really like Power Rangers. They really like Lion King. Um, and I think that to some extent they'll always be that, you know, because it's like nostalgia is powerful. I will pay more money to see something I'm nostalgic about than a lot of things, you know, like from a simpler time, from a time I feel like it was was more, um, I don't know, more more interesting or yeah. I think we'll always have a little bit of that, if not a lot of it. It, it seems like nowadays it's more than it's ever been, but that's maybe what every generation yeah. has said. What's funny is uh, I was asking my nieces and nephews about this last weekend, and they don't care about Lion King. <laughs> it's making me so mad. <laughs> I was like, hey, you guys excited for Lion King? They're like, oh, that garbage movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you guys kidding me? I was just, like, floored. And they didn't care that much about Aladdin. I don't even think they've seen it. They were like, oh, yeah, that would be good. It's like, these aren't their movies. And I was yeah. like, ah. It makes me so mad, too, because then it's like, I watched Frozen, and that movie was so subpar. After all the hype, I was like, this? This is the movie everybody's talking about? Dude, this is fan, only eh? okay. This is only okay. Lion wow. King is so good. Aladdin is so good. And you guys choose Frozen? Yeah, you guys are the worst. Dude, you ever so seen Coco? No, I haven't seen Coco. Oh, that one's... Okay. That's that one's kids... sad, I hear. I don't need more sad Disney movies. Oh, that's a good point. It is a bit on the sad. You know, but every Disney movie has the same arc, right? It starts out fun. It gets dramatic. There's some low point where the main character has to make some sort of important decision. Yeah. Get some gumption. You know, get, but I mean, like courage. And then there's always a happy ending. It. It's literally the blueprint to every single it's one. It's true. But like Aladdin, like nothing really crazy happens in Aladdin. It's like the low point is like they find out that he's not really a prince. And it's like, well. I mean, <laughs> then he has to kill also... Jafar who grows into a giant snake, bro. Yeah. I mean, just not relatable. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah, kind of true. Kind of true. <laughs> not like when Mufasa dies. Like that is like the most heart-wrenching scene that's ever happened. Like I can't even watch that. And to be fair, my nephew was like, nah, I, after Mufasa died, I stopped watching that movie. It was too much. And I was like, you know what? At least your reason makes sense. Because that has got to be tough. Um, and then, like, I don't know. So it, it depends, right? If if it's really sad and it's a real thing, not, you know, it's too much emotional energy being spent on a Disney too movie. Too much emotional energy. <laughs> <laughs> not, like, not like the new Top Gun that's coming out to you. Oh, man, that's what we're talking about right that's there. That's pure hype. Oh, that's going to be a great film. That's like, do you ever, <laughs> do you ever remember that uh, that episode of How I Met Your Mother? It's like New Year's Eve, and Barney had that mix of, like, it was all, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. all hype, and it was like... Uh, no down songs, all yeah, up songs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was that's only funny. up. 
That's all I could think of while I was watching that trailer. Like, it is all up. Like, there's no down to a top yeah, end movie. I mean, I was I was talking to my parents and my brothers about this uh, this last weekend, and my one brother was like, yeah, he was my brother-in-law. Either way, he was like, yeah, I think the weirdest part is going to be, if you remember the first Top Gun, he was dating an older woman because he was supposed to be in his 20s, and then she was like... Right, she was like, an instructor. Yeah, and it was like... He was like, are we going to see him start to visit her in the old folks' home? Because it's been like 30 years. Does <laughs> <laughs> he just dish this poor old lady now? <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's going to be it's gonna be good. It's always a... I mean, that's another good example of nostalgia. They're oh, making it's a true, dude. Two. They sucked me was back it 86 in. it came out? 33 years later, 34 years later. I mean, and I'm I'm stoked, and that's before our time, if we're being honest, because we were oh, born well I after born, that. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like it was old by the time we were old enough to actually care. But it was just such a good movie, right? And so I, I think one I don't the, know. One of the reasons why I'm so stuck to it is my grandparents. They didn't have a lot of movies, but down in I, my I, grandpa's basement, there were like six VHSs on this shelf, and one of them was Top Gun. I remember nice. watching it with him. Ah, oh, yeah, Top Gun. That's a that's a good one. That's a that's a solid flick. So I mean, great film, great film. Uh, you know, it's funny that uh, you have an experience like that. I remember when I was a kid, I went to see my aunts and uncles in the Bahamas once, and I remember this is kind of the opposite. I remember this is such a random story. Watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air all the time, <laughs> and at the time thinking. I hate my life. I hate the show. I can't believe this is all we have to watch. <laughs> that was honestly how I felt about it at that time. And I swear I didn't get into The Fresh Prince until like so much later. And obviously now it's one of my favorite shows, <laughs> like most people. But it was like, I felt like this was a terrible vacation because all I could do was watch The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> and just, let's be real, folks. Turk lived in the Turks and Caicos, one of the most desirable locations in the Caribbean, if not the yeah. most, Yeah, was visiting people in the Bahamas and complaining that all he had to do was watch The Fresh Prince. <laughs> Life is tough. And then, yeah, he got, yeah. Then like, Canada came. Yeah. I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Anyways, I got nothing else, Steve. That, that that was me shooting my shot. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm feeling pretty nostalgic right now, actually. I gotta be honest, like, and I'd be interested to hear from listeners. I always like to have one or two shows on the go that I've already seen or that I don't care about, and then, like, as I'm eating lunch or as I'm cleaning up or as I'm cooking, I always put it on and it's in the background and that's yeah. like my nostalgia show, you know. And right, it's the office for me and Brittany. It's just like a oh. go-to. Like you know, we're getting ready for bed. We're getting ready for the day. It's just on in the background. Right now, I'm going through Brooklyn Nine Nine, oh. that '70s show. Seen them all before. Actually, I haven't seen all that that '70s show. But like, it's like Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's definitely my second or third time through, and it's just like classic jokes. I don't have to really know what's going on. It's just good. I like it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, this that '70s show was with like one of my faves when I was a kid. And, you know, you think that show came out when I was probably like eight or nine yeah, years like, old. It's like 2000, I think it came out. No, it came out in the late 90s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you might be right, yeah. And then ran for like 10 years. 
And they did so, that eighties show and that ran for like ten minutes. I was just gonna say that <laughs> thing just crashed hard. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, nostalgia, man. That's it. Nostalgia. I'm trying to decide. Like, I'm sad, too, because I'm getting close to the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and that 70s show. And it's like, well, what's going to be my next one? I might go back to How I Met Your Mother. Ooh, <laughs> I might go back. Yeah, good choice. You know, just some classics. I think The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air might be on Netflix again. Darn right. Darn right. So, it never gets old. It doesn't. See, I think the real right, throwback has to be, T, you have to get back to, like, stuff our parents grew up on. Nah, that stuff's too old. You got to get into, it's... like, happy days. Oh, man. I used to watch that. Like, when I was a kid, we used to get Nick at Night. I would watch I Dream of Jeannie <laughs> and Happy Days and Gilligan, Gilligan's Island and uh, Bewitched. I was going to say, what's the one Bewitched. with the witch? There's the witch and the genie. I think they were competing shows. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Magic had some women. crossover in there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, T. It's been a slice. Cool, man. Good chat. Yep. Listeners, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you guys later. The game, man, no duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, no dough on the booty. Yeah, there go mace, there go your cutie.